Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in Utah Valley, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Well, we made it, Pastor Steve. Show number two. (laughs) This is Shouts of Grace. I'm Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson, talking about the Word of God and rejoicing in the grace of God. And today's topic is going to be the answer for self-righteousness, which is obviously for somebody listening and not for us, because there's no way that I would ever be self-righteous. <laughs> not, not a self-righteous bone in our body. <laughs> not a single one. And uh, you can send all your emails, too. <laughs> so we've been—we uh, started off with the topic of grace and just talking about how great God's grace is flowing to us. And in our first show, we addressed the glaring issue that shows up often, and that is self-righteousness. So today we're going to take a look at God's Word from Luke chapter 18, uh, where Jesus gives us uh, a great story of self-righteousness, what it looks like, and the answer for it. So Pastor Steve, if you would read to us from the Holy Word of God, Luke 18. Yeah, Luke 18... um, Verse 9, it says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So... Keith, I think I think you know one one of the things that that's a very big problem in our in our society in our culture within the church, and, and certainly one of the things one, one of the biggest complaints that I think nonbelievers um, often raise about Christians is the fact that that many are hypocrites, right? And 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 they'll use this idea that that people are very self righteous, right? And, and oftentimes it's centered around. Christians wanting to point out what things are good and righteous and what things are bad and unholy, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But but when you start talking about self-righteousness, it really it goes beyond that. It goes beyond identifying what is wrong. Just because I identify something as being wrong or, or unholy according to God's Word, that doesn't mean I'm self-righteous, right? Self-righteousness, really as outlined here, is a is a righteousness that trusts in oneself, right? While you look at others with contempt in your eyes and you think that somehow you have arrived at some platform in life that is better than them, even though you don't realize you're guilty of the exact same things in life. Right, and Jesus is addressing what we call nowadays the holier than thou. That's right. Uh, you know, attitude 
as those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. You know, when 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 we're talking about grace, grace says that righteous is a righteousness is a gift given to us by God, received by faith. Self-righteousness says, I can make myself righteous. Jesus uses the word justified in here. I can justify myself by my actions, by my religious duty. And Jesus compares the Pharisee, who is the member of the most uh, conservative Jewish religious sect, with a tax collector. That's right. Who is not just somebody we all want to avoid, right, because, well, they're coming after the money, but in this culture— Typically, the tax collector was the the turncoat, right? They were they were the the Jewish citizen who is now working for the Roman governor That's or right. government and collecting taxes. And typically, they were also extorting their fellow Jewish citizen. And so Jesus gets right in the face of the Pharisees with this, as he liked to do, because Jesus will always jam up the self righteous. Jesus will always expose that. Uh, contempt for others, that self-righteousness for others. And he comes and he gives this example of the one who is holier than thou versus the tax collector who, uh, and we'll get to this a little bit more as we go, but he he calls himself a sinner. He's come to that place where grace truly can begin, and that is where we recognize our own poverty, our own sinfulness before God. Yeah, that's right. And Keith, I think in Matthew 23, when when Jesus really gives... A, a pulpit pounding indictment to the Pharisees. <clears throat> one of the things he says is is in Matthew twenty three, um, in verse one, it says that then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the words they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with a finger. And and, and I think what you find in there very closely connected to this idea of, of self-righteousness is a blindness to where you really stand, right? You, This Pharisee here in Luke 18 really starts highlighting all of his accomplishments, right? I fast, you know, twice a week. I do all of this stuff, right? And, 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 and these same people, when Jesus is referring to them in Matthew 23, these same people, Jesus is saying, listen, what they're saying isn't necessarily wrong, but they are not performing what they're saying. So, 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 so listen to their words but don't do what they do. And one version of it even says they seat themselves in the seat of Moses. So they put themselves in the place of authority. And and, and the type of self-righteousness that we see here in Luke 18 is that one who is completely blind to where he really stands before God while he stands and brags about these accomplishments while he's looking and comparing himself to other people. And we see this in our religious culture. It's just permeated our our, our, our religious culture today. People people look at at the exterior right and look at what i'm doing i'm giving to the church i'm going and i'm helping you know the poor and i'm feeding the homeless and i'm and i'm doing all this stuff right but inside they do not realize that the righteousness that the bible talks about is a righteousness as you alluded to earlier a righteousness that comes on the basis of grace so they live their whole life um with this outward demonstration that they're right and holy but in matthew 23 jesus says no no there's a deeper issue here these guys are not who they who they appear to be yeah it's amazing how someone can have their doctrine correct and yet they're a complete and total hypocrite hmm. and and the self-promoting type will put themselves in a position 
of authority. They'll put themselves in a position where, uh, you know, they're judge. And, and unfortunately, uh, that becomes a major turnoff for people, either those who are coming to Christ and they can't see past those bad examples, or um, those who are in the church and, and they're in the Christian experience right. and they they ended up on the wrong side of somebody's hypocritical, you know, yeah. self-righteous condemnation. Yeah. And they say, you know what? I can do church without the church. I well, can let me do ask church you a question. at home, that kind of stuff. Because you, you bring up a good point. Let me ask you a question. Where where does self-righteousness originate inside the heart? Like where when, – when you look at how, how, you know, people conduct themselves, right – how, how does it start? Like if, if you had to find the beginning point of it, where, where, where would you say that would be? Well, I would begin with the, the issue of pride, personally. I mean, you're dealing with someone who exalts themselves. That's what Jesus describes them as. They, they have lifted themselves to the place of authority or the place of honor, that place of righteousness. I'm better than the tax collector. I'm better than my neighbor. Um, look at what I've done. Look at who I am. I'm privileged. I mean, that all just comes from pride. And it was, you know, it was the pride of of uh, Lucifer who said, I will become like the Most High. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it's, you can look through uh, the scriptures. You see Herod, you know, when he presents himself before the people in the book of Acts and, and uh, everybody starts just kind of singing his praises and, and he takes it all in and then he gets struck down, you know, yeah. because he took for himself glory that didn't belong to him. And, and that's where, that's, I think, that an extreme example of where pride takes a person and eats you up from the inside as Herod was eaten up by worms, you know. That's <laughs> just, it's just even a disgusting thought to think about. But that is pride. That is self-righteousness. It is a disgusting thing in the eyes of God that we would come to God and say, Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. And Jesus is addressing that right here. It's like you are exalting yourself, and and for that reason you will be humbled. And and I'm I'm always careful. There's a couple of great, wonderful worship songs that have a line like "Lord, humble me." And it's like, <laughs> uh, do I yeah, do I really want to do that? Yeah, I mean, I say that with with caution because you see, often in the scriptural, we're we're to come to Him and humble ourselves. That's right. You know, we're to come to Him. He He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So I think the issue is pride uh, when it comes to what drives our self righteousness and how we treat other people because of it. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And and you know, <clears throat> several years ago, I was I was talking to these these two young men that had come to my house and, and, and I was asking them about this whole, this whole idea of righteousness. Right. And, and, um, and, and, and one of them grabbed a cup and he filled it up with water and then he grabbed a second cup and he, and he, he filled it up with a little water and he, he referred to the first cup that had a little water in it. He said, okay, so, so this is our righteousness. And he said, you know, we try and we live our life and we do the best we can. And, 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 and some of us, we fill it up a little and others fill it up more, more than, more than others. But none of us fill it all the way to the top because we're all sinners. And then he takes the full cup and he says, and that's where the cross comes in, Jesus, and he pours the, the full cup into the into the, the quarter cup and fills up my cup, the quarter cup, and says, and that's where Jesus' righteousness comes in, and he fills up that gap. And and, and and then I looked at him and I said, 
um, respectfully, you know, you have it all wrong. And so I took my cup and I emptied it out completely. And I said, this is my righteousness. This is what I bring. There is none. There's absolutely none. In fact, scripture would indicate in the most grossest of terms that my righteousness is like a dirty rag. It's a filthy rag. And then I took the full cup and I poured all of the full cup, which, which was Christ's righteousness into mine. And I said, this is righteousness. It's righteousness attributed to me. And in this story, it says that the Pharisee was trusting in himself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the part that makes this extremely scary because if I'm trusting in myself rather than Christ's righteousness attributed to my account, then, then you don't have the salvation that the Bible talks about, right? The Bible talks about in Second Corinthians chapter 5 that Jesus became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. And so that that's what we're talking about. Understanding that the righteousness for the believer is 100% completely solely the righteousness of Jesus put to my account. Oh, that's great because the Pharisee is standing, it says, by himself praying, God, I thank you. I'm not like others. So there's a sin of pride is comparison with other people. And then he says, I fast twice a week. Man, I don't even fast twice a month. <laughs> I'm working on that. I give tithes of all that I get, right? And so he starts he starts going through a list and and Jesus it's it's interesting how Jesus just kind of stops there. Right? He's he 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 fasts twice a week. That's one tick. I give tithes of all I get. It doesn't matter now. Like what what Jesus just moves on. Look at the tax collector. He can't even lift his eyes to heaven. He sees the cup. It's, it's like, is the cup half full or half empty? This is interesting. <laughs> he sees the cup as totally empty. That's right. And this guy's like, I am filling my cup with my righteousness. And this tax collector is saying, and I am empty. Matter of fact, I've got a hole in the bottom of the cup. <laughs> you know, I've, it's all drained out. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. That's right. That's yeah. right. And and you know, picture it this way. You know, I, I like the, I like as you look at this. It says he doesn't even lift up his eyes to heaven. Right. It's like he has such a low view of himself. And and I'll tell you what, I have you know I, I I've been a believer for twenty five years, and I have seen that that when people have a very high view of self, um, that is that is a difficult thing to break. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it really is something that God has to has to really involve himself in in yes, pulling that person down to the point where they understand who they are before a holy God. And 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 but then I've also seen when a person has a lower view of self, right, and they realize they don't even want to lift up their eyes to heaven. That's always a good starting point for me because that 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 means as, as long as it's not in, in an unbiblical or you know way where you don't understand what Christ has done for you because that's your value ultimately. But when you start with a low view of yourself, it really allows God to form and to shape who you are as a believer, right? Because if you keep thinking, yeah, you know, you're you're all that, God will bring you low. I mean, that is that that's that's what First Peter chapter. 
chapter 5 talks about. I love this verse. In 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 5, it says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That word, clothe yourself there, it's an interesting word. It actually is a word um, in the Greek that was used to describe a garment that slaves would wear. And, and, and they would wear it for two, for two reasons. Number one, it would be an outer garment that would protect themselves from getting dirty as they go out in the fields and work. But it was also used to distinguish them from everyone else, that they were a slave. And I like that. He's saying, clothe yourselves with humility. Humility becomes a thing that distinguishes the believer from the rest of the world or from that that fake believer, but it also, it protects us on the outside. It, it, it protects us from, from getting dirty, right? When I have a proper view of myself before God. So in talking about these, I think we address two different issues. The first issue is in our culture, self-esteem is such a big thing, like having, you know, a positive self-image, positive self-esteem. And I think there is a place where where people can go down the path where they just destroy themselves, mm. and and we call that low esteem. But they they really destroy themselves. So where where do we where do we try to balance out that issue of having the right kind of esteem uh, for ourselves? If if we're going to choose the path of humility, and yet we're also dealing with a real you know sensitive topic of, of esteem and self-esteem. How, how do we approach that issue as a Christian? How do we deal with self-esteem from mm-hmm. a place of, of godly humility? That's, that's actually a great question. And I would say this, um, <clears throat> the fact that Jesus chose to die for me shows that in God's eyes, I have great value. Hmm. So, so, so let's establish that out of the gate because a lot of times, you know, people, people that, that, that hammer on Christianity saying, you know, you guys just beat people down. You guys, you know, you're really not, you know, let's, let's clear this up. God chose to send his son to go all the way to the cross and die for me. That doesn't make me cheap. That makes me very valuable to God. But what what gives me my value, right? I mean, I don't understand the art world. Like you go up to a piece of art that hangs on the wall sometimes and, and you find out, well, this thing costs $3 million. And it's like, I'm looking at, I don't even know what it is. I'm just kind of like, well, <laughs> how do you, do I need special glasses to kind of, <laughs> to, to, to see you this? You didn't stand on your head, Steve. Right. That was the problem. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then I asked myself, well, who gave this value? Who, right. who who sat down and said we're gonna let's uh, let's let's charge three million dollars for this piece, right? In other words, to me, I wouldn't even hang it in my house. It, it means nothing to me. There's no value to me. But to somebody who, who who appreciates it, they placed a value, and therefore it has a value in the market. In God's economy, right? The sinner was 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 really you know uh, confined. To, to an eternity of damnation, really, that, that, that is our, our, our ultimate end, right? And so God chose to put value to a person. And because of that, I can sit back as a Christian and I can have a proper esteem of self because God loves me, right? But I understand the value I have is because God's love has given me that value. So you're saying that our value is in the eye of the beholder, and God looks at us and values us enough that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and to clothe us with righteousness and bring us into relationship with him. That's right. And because of that, I would go further and say, I should never think, of le- I should never think less of myself. Right. But 
I always think of myself through the lenses of the cross, that God loves me, I have value, and so I'm not a piece of garbage, I'm not a piece of trash, but outside of Christ, what value do I have? Certainly the world gives me value, I'm a human, I can be a great dad, a great mom, or you know, a great, a great citizen, all that stuff that's valuable to the world, I understand, but my esteem, my self-esteem is a Christ esteem. I, I understand my value because of Jesus' love for me. Well, that's great. So the first question uh, helps us to understand a proper view of esteem, that we are we can esteem ourselves properly by the way God sees us, the way God values us. And then the second question would be, can you explain the difference between genuine humility and false humility as we finish our time here today? <laughs> yeah, I would say false humility probably lands you in the same camp as the Pharisee because mm-hmm. it really is pride. It's it, the whole idea of if, if you're either humble or you're proud, and if it's a false humility, it's just a different form of pride. I've always looked at pride as like a hand, and, and it's got a lot of different fingers that come off of it. There's a lot of different forms of it, and one of those forms is false humility. That's where that's where I may stand up in, in a religious context. I may stand up and pretend, you know, that, that, oh, you know, look at me. I'm just, woe is me, and oh, God's just doing this work. And, but really inside what I'm looking for is I'm looking for affirmation from people, affirmation Affirmation from God is not enough for me. So, so within the religious context, it really is pretending to be lower than I am, so that I can have my ego stroked, mm. or so that I can say, "Oh, you know, let, let's let people affirm me." Right. Whereas a genuine humility is someone who really falls at the at the foot of the cross and realizes I'm not looking for the affirmation of men, and I really don't care what man does. I'm here um, before a holy God, and 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 really, that's that's the the dust I lay in, you know? And so learning how to uh, enjoy and to accept the grace of God in this situation, we have this man, this Pharisee, very religious, who says, I can be acceptable by what I do. And the sinner says, I am unacceptable before God because of my sin. And Jesus, he communicates, he doesn't use the word, but he communicates that grace is now extended to the sinner who sees himself for who he is apart from God, and he says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be, yes. you know, we could say, be gracious to me. Be merciful. Lord, give me um, you know, grace. Your grace has been defined this way. Grace is getting what I don't deserve, mm-hmm. right, God's favor. And mercy is not getting what I do deserve, That's you right. know, the judgment. And here's a man saying, Lord, just just withhold judgment from me because I am I am completely sinful. And Jesus says, this man goes to his home justified. And the point that he drives home, and uh, you can wrap us up here with this point, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Pastor Steve, what is Jesus saying there? That's right. What, what God is saying there is within within the, the extended version here, w- w- within every person is a natural default to just exalt yourself in the presence of people, right? You you want to be seen as someone, right? And what Jesus is saying is, listen, the person who truly is humble and who ultimately will be justified before God is the one that chooses to empty themselves in front of people. Scripture is replete with this. You know, when you go into a party, don't take the front seat, right? Don't 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 take the front table. Mm. Go to the back and be called up to the front, right? When, when Peter tried to exalt himself by telling Jesus he couldn't wash his feet, hey, you know, you, you have no idea what I'm doing right now, right? It's, it's just man's 
first reaction to God's work is always, well, I'm just going to exalt myself. But God is showing us that, listen, if you choose to humble yourself before Jesus, if you choose to let him do what he wants to do in your life, God will exalt you or God will lift you up in the presence of people. You, you won't have to do it yourself. Oh, that's so powerful. Well, as you're listening today, you've been uh, uh, you've been listening to Shouts of Grace with uh, Pastor Steve Pearson. I'm Pastor Keith Radke, and we hope that these words have been encouraging to you, that the Word of God uh, is helping you to see that the answer to self-righteousness is humility. It's receiving the grace of God for ourselves that we cannot earn for ourselves. We cannot fill the cup all the way with our righteousness. And uh, we're just really glad to know that we don't have to figure it all out before God. He's got grace enough for all of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church and River Community Church, both located in Utah Valley, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.